airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry V is over in Studio CC. And we are going to take some of your calls today. One of the big reasons I want to do that is because we've had, um, it seems like to me, a couple days of shows where uh, we haven't gotten around to the phones. Mm -hmm. And I know, especially like on Tuesday, yeah, no, Monday. When when did we talk about unity? Monday. Monday. On Monday, uh, we talked about what unity looks like. Yes. Right? And and we used the word of God as our straight edge. And um, we did that unapologetically so, which uh, characterizes this program. And um, I just feel like whenever we have a conversation like that, I really want to talk to other believers mm-hmm. and I want to know um, how that is processed, yeah. you know, because I think that this is a time where we really are. I think Christians really are trying to figure out um, with whom they can align. Yeah. And, and you know, th- there are well-meaning Christians who are like, you know, um, we don't we don't want to hurt people's feelings, so they're willing to accept maybe a little bit more, mm-hmm. right? And then there are unstudied Christians who are just nixing everybody and not even <laughs> again not looking at what the Word of God says, and it's like uh, you can't do that. That's not right. how this works, you know. Right. Um, uh, the, the remedy for both of those individuals, you know, in both of those categories, the remedy is Scripture. Amen. It's amazing how you can be wrong in opposite directions, and the remedy is just one thing. <laughs> Right. Like it's the word of God. Like it's it's the word of God. And if we make that our aim to get as close to executing what the scriptures teach us, apply what is to be applied, um, uh, resist what we are supposed to resist. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, avoid what we're supposed to avoid. If we do those things and, you know, I mean, I, I and don't care so much about what people say about us doing those things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then a lot of what we have questions about will get answered. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I'm i just a simpleton. I really, I believe what's, <laughs> I believe what's written in the word. And, and, and I believe that what has, um, what has sustained us and what will sustain us, right? Like, I mean, that's the promise for us in the word of God that, um, it's not going to pass away. So mm. I, I don't know. I just I just believe that, you know, I, I believe that I, I believe that the Lord has already laid out a track record mm-hmm. for himself. Mm-hmm. Like he's already shown us who he is and what he does. And and you've got so many people in the culture today who speak so easily and so naturally about foolishness. <laughs> right. I mean, they just yeah. speak so easily and so naturally about foolishness and some of them with great conviction about nonsense. Great conviction, great passion about nonsense and Christians who have the truth. Mm -hmm. Right. We come to the discussion all like soup mouth. You know, (laughs) we're we're the ones. I mean, you've got 
I mean, just come yeah. on for a second. You know, yeah. you have these people who can speak for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and it's like watching an episode of Seinfeld. It's the speech about nothing. It's the it's the presentation about nothing. Oh, doom, 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 doom. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what you hear in your head. You're like, oh, this is going to be a great episode. <laughs> right? It's the, it's the show about nothing. And But, you know, because these people, I don't know, they're on TV or something, or they have a lot of Twitter followers, we think that we should give great care. Right. And show great concern for what they're saying. And then here we are. We've got the word of God. Mm -hmm. We've been reading it. We've been studying it. And Mm -hmm. then we show up and we discuss it as if we're not really sure it's going to hold our weight. Um, You know what I mean? Like that's, you know, (laughs) it's it is the door to door salesman who doesn't believe in what he's trying to hawk. Exactly. It's that we don't believe that it is what we say. Right. It is. Because if I mean, we did, there would is. be no, there would be no timidity and backing <laughs> back and soup mouthness. You know, it, oh, it, it would be any of that at all. So you know the, what it is? The problem is with us. It's it's Uncle Rico when he started trying to sell the Tupperware and they rolled the van over it, but then it cracked. It like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're not you don't have Tupperware. Come on, people. You right. know what I mean? Like Come you're on. not you're not trying to say, hey, put this in your dishwasher and see what happens on the other side of it. Like it's not that's not. That's not what we're doing. And here's the thing, man, I, we want to implore people to be saved. We tell people the truth um, about what Jesus said. Uh, and, and again, you cannot pick and choose what you will believe about Jesus because the claims of Jesus are so exclusive. Like they, they, they are so exclusive that you can't just like do a mashup mm. of like, you know, teachers. Yeah. Right. You can't say, I believe that Jesus was a great teacher and it's good to apply some of the principles of this great teacher. You know, it's it's fine if people want to follow him. But I do not believe that he is the only way to God. I do mm. not believe that he claiming um, the nature of God. I, I do not believe that that was him speaking accurately. Then why are you saying it's good for us to follow this man? Right. Why is that good? Why is that? Why is that good for sense. me to say I'm going to apply the teachings of a lunatic? <laughs> Come on, like right. why? Why is that good? You see, this is this is people who have not logically thought out what it is that they're saying, but it sounds smart. And there are even some kids who grow up in church who will say things like that, and and shame on us that we've not equipped our kids to really understand how you know if if if, if you know. If you're if you're going to start out, you know, take thought to how you end up. Hmm. Right. You got to consider you don't start building and not consider the cost, making sure that you have all the materials that you have. What you know. And and so what I'm saying is this. We have the truth. We need to show up like we have the truth. Right. I'm just sick of everybody else getting to do that. And nobody's stopping the Christians doing that. The Christians stop themselves. Yeah. Because they're just not they're just not quite sure. They're just not quite sure. Man, look, be sure, um, you know, or, or you know, or, or be quiet. <laughs> Just be don't, sure, be, be sure, quiet. be quiet. Like, don't don't show up. Like, well, if you want to think that way, you can. Like, look, come on. <laughs> Jesus made some exclusive claims about himself. He said he is the only way to the Father. That's what he said. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. He said that the proof of his the proof to his claims is that he's going to rise again from the dead. And he did that. Mm-hmm. Right. And 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 if if we are saying 
that what Jesus said is good, then it's either all good or it's all bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, boom, that's, that's, that's it. That's the final. And, and, and that's a good way for us to transition into, or to segue into what we're going to talk about today. Um, I was thinking about like how, you know, and I say this often, Mm -hmm. we talked about things coming up the pike, how the culture is changing and, you know, there are things that, you know, our kids are entering into a time. It almost sounds to me like I'm reading a history paper. <laughs> our kids are going to go into a time because that was that was history. Now we're in that time. Right. We're in that time. And it's amazing because I feel like the the way we see things rapidly increasing around us um, really does tell us that we are nearing the end of the age. It really does. And and this is not an attempt on my part to make um America sort of like the thing, the end all, be end all, and you know, and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I do think that America and the stability and the strength of this country plays a major role in end time events. Not because we've made it so, but because God has allowed it to be that way. Right. Now, I mean, I, I can only imagine that somebody listening to me who falls into the category of the people I'm about to talk to you about, um, their heads are exploding. <laughs> you see, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> It's like they say it right from the comfort of America. America's not that good. That's not, it's not all about us. You know, they don't understand spiritual things. They don't understand the sovereign will of God, that God determines what he's going to do, that he raises up nations. He tears those nations down. I mean, he, he is the potter, right? This is, this is what he said to Jeremiah, right? That he's the potter. He can do whatever he wants. That's right. Right. If 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 he's <laughs> come on, if he's got clay on the spinning wheel and he decides he wants to make it this, he wants to make it that. That's his prerogative. He can do whatever he wants. The people who don't understand that are the people again. Man, well, we were having this conversation earlier today. Yeah. They're the people who measure God by themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, he can only do what I think is right and mm-hmm. logical and reasonable. But you're not the measuring stick. Right. Right. You're not you're not the measuring stick. You're not holding God up against you to see if he measures up. You're not checking God's operation against you. You need to be measured against him. And so often we are listening. The people who are making the headlines, the people that we're listening to on a regular basis are the people who will not say this, but they live every single day as if God must stand up next to them and see how he measures up. <laughs> Go sit down somewhere. <laughs> God doesn't need to measure himself against us. Right. He's not checking himself against you to see if you approve of how he behaves or what he's doing or what he's determined. Man, that's that is arrogance. Yeah. And, and we're surrounded by a lot of it. And, and, and man, God, in his mercy, you know, he's long suffering with us. He's he's man. Um, anyways, so 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 right now, here's what I think is happening. Whenever you can see major changes that you're not waiting, you're not waiting months. I, I would say you're not, yeah, you're not waiting months. Maybe you're waiting weeks to see. In some instances, you're waiting only days to see um, things come to pass that have their first setup. Mm-hmm. Now, let, let me explain what I mean. So you have things that you have things that are, are going to transpire in culture, and those things kind of need a T. They need something upon which to sit, okay, so that they can then, you know, kind of rest for a second until it all it all gets kicks off, gets kicked off, right? So, 
So you'll have um, a, a couple news headlines come out where you've got a couple reporters, couple a uh, couple writers who may make some observations, mm-hmm. and those observations are not innocent observations, right? right? Those observations are a tip of the hand. It's a bending back of a card that says, right. "This is what my next play is going <laughs> to be." That's right. Right. I mean, come on. And if you're and if you are wise and discerning, when you read the headlines, you don't just read the headlines in isolation. You look at the headlines and you say, oh, so that's the next level of attack. Okay, got it. Got it. Right. And so one of the things that you could see pretty early on was that um, having done, you know, as much damage as possible to white evangelicals, having done as much damage as possible to conservatives, to Republicans to some extent, but mostly conservatives. Right. Those who have a particular ideology that they are sticking to. um, That's my answer. You know what I mean? I'm sticking Mm -hmm. with that kind of a thing. Um, Having done as much damage to that as possible. um, What what is next coming up the pike is just Christians in general, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily white evangelicals, right? Cause we've already made that a byword. <laughs> so now what we've got to do is we've got to go after Christians who believe certain things about what's written in the Bible. Here we go. Okay. And so now what that means is all of you, and it's, they're like, they're like um, the Keebler elves, you know, or, or like um, the little, the animated M&Ms, they do exist. <laughs> so, that, so that means that this can apply to you too, black evangelicals. Come on. But some, for some reason, <laughs> there's a thought that it, nah, nah. They don't exist. Uh, you know, no. Black evangelicals don't exist. Right. And, and, and it's amazing because, you know, <laughs> the black evangelicals who know that they exist have kind of been conflicted as to whether or not they should raise their hand and say, excuse me. <laughs> like, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, hey, hey, you know, because think about it, man, we've got we've got these spaces that have already been carved out Crazy. for black conservatives and all of this stuff, because mm-hmm. that's that's how we're we have these um, perforated lines where we just like punch people out according to those, you know, carves, carvings and all of that stuff. Right. right. And so so you've got the black conservatives, but the black conservatives have made enough noise to where now they're no longer this anomaly. They're kind of a thing. <laughs> right. But um, it's the it's the <laughs> black evangelicals that are like they're next. Because they're included in this entire group, this entire group of Christians who have the audacity to believe that the word of God is true. Mm. They came for Trump. They came for Trump supporters. And then they said Trump supporters are overwhelmingly Christians of a certain type. And now what they're saying is that these Christians are being taught these destructive ideologies in their Christian textbooks. <laughs> so go. they're like, get them. Mm. I'll tell you all about it when we get back. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay right there. Welcome back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And as uh, Jonathan McReynolds, not Mm -hmm. lucky, I'm loved. Sherry B's over in Studio CC. I'll try to move through this this content quickly. Really want to hear from our listeners today. 
Um, look, I'm concerned because there are things happening around us that are happening so quickly that um, if if the end of the age is to be described as um, labor pains, right, um, or even the beginning of labor pains, some of the things that Jesus described were to be the beginning of labor pains. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that there's a lot that's going to increase around us. I think the speed at which these things increase are noteworthy. It's something that we should be paying attention to because now you don't have things waiting, you know, um, years down the line, right? We right. have had years to prepare for, and I'm going to say, I am going to say what is being decried um, because it's in uh, textbooks, Christian textbooks, right? So I'm just going to say it because this is what I believe, all right? We have had years to stand against moral decline in our nation. Yes, moral decline. You'll know why I'm stressing that in a minute here, all right? So we've had years to stand against moral decline as we watch it happen around us. Mm-hmm. Now, um, honestly, it feels like you get maybe a few days to kind of try to push back on that and then push back on that. And then it's just <laughs> it's increasing um, so quickly. I, I already mentioned that you've got all these news stories that began immediately looking at Christians and saying, oh, the Christians are responsible for the insurrection. This was a Christian insurrection. Um, you know, this this what we saw happen in our capital. This was spurred on by the religious right. All right. The Christians who believe that they were carrying out the will of God. I mean, you just read some of the headlines. All right. You look at some of the videos that are circulating. OK. And so what this is setting up, uh, setting us up for is for a um, a. What's the word I want to use? I don't want to call it genuine maybe genuine as it is believed by those who will be attacking us. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. They, they will genuine, be, genuinely believe that they are justified. They are justified in ostracizing Christians because you guys are unfit to be a part of culture. But as you know, if you trek with this show, um, the church has already been in cultures like this and yes. it didn't stop us. No. Right. All right. Didn't stop the church advancing. And now for some people, that's going to be a little bit of a mental adjustment because you're going to have to redefine what is the church advancing versus our own personal interests. Because while it may look like our personal interests not advancing means the church is not advancing, that's not true. Mm. (laughs) Because when the personal interests of Christians were stifled the most, the church advanced the most. Mm. It's just true. It's just true. Just just, just look at it. All right. You know what I'm saying? Just look at it. All right. So here is this story. This story, um, not only did Will the Great send me this story, but one of our listeners sent this story. Yeah. And um, and I really just appreciate our listeners because it's like, oh, my goodness, this is exactly where, you know, where we're going. It's not enough to say we get to control textbooks and we want to indoctrinate your children. So if you put them in a government school context, public school context, uh, we determine the types of textbooks that are going to be used. But now um, we've got our sights set on what you guys are doing over there in your private schools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is from HuffPost, right? Um, this is the uh, headline. Uh, These textbooks in thousands of K-12 schools echo Trump's talking points. <laughs> Now, let's just be honest. Some of the Christian school textbooks, you know, probably have not been updated in the four years that Trump's been in office. Right. (laughs) I'm just and I'm not saying that as a knock to the schools. I'm just saying, you know, like I think about, you know, the curriculum that we're using. 
Right. And it's not like they're updating them every year. You know, like you mm-hmm. call in, it's like, nah, that book's still good. You can use that one. Eh, you don't need it. Yeah, that one's good. Okay, no, this one we updated, but that one's good. You know, so it's not like they're getting updated every year right. or even every four years, right? right. Um, depending on the subject. So here we go. But but this is, I mean, this is laughable to me. So here we go. All right. Um, now, and, and let me also say this so we get into the story. They will make a case because in one of these textbooks, I think it does include President Trump. So obviously that textbook would be mm-hmm. one that is updated. All right, so here we go. Um, these textbooks in thousands of K-12 schools echo Trump talking points. All right. This is from uh, writer Rebecca Klein at HuffPost. Writer Rebecca Klein. Here we go. Christian textbooks used in thousands of schools around the country teach that President Barack Obama helped spur destruction. I'm sorry, helped spur destructive Black Lives Black Lives Matter protest that the Democrats choice of 2016 nominee Hillary Clinton reflected their focus on identity politics <laughs> and that President Donald Trump is the fighter Republicans want. A HuffPost analyst has found. <laughs> OK, <laughs> here we go. The analysis, which focused on three popular textbooks from two major publishers of Christian educational materials, mm-hmm. Abeka and BJU Press, Ooh. Bob Jones University Press looked at how the books teach the Trump era of politics, the Trump era of politics. <laughs> all right, here we go. We found that all three are characterized by a skewed version of history and a sense that the country is experiencing an urgent moral decline that can only be fixed by conservative Christian policies. Language used in the books overlap with the rhetoric of Christian nationalism, often with overtones of nativism, Mm -hmm. militarism Mm -hmm. and racism as well. Hmm. They only stopped at racism because they felt like that was enough isms in that one sentence. All right. They made that quarter. (laughs) Scholars say textbooks like these with their alternate versions of history Hmm. and emphasis on Christian national identity represent one small part of the conditions that led to events like last week's riot at the U.S. Capitol. Now listen to this. An episode that was permeated with the symbols of Christian nationalism. Before storming the Capitol, some groups prayed in the name of Jesus and asked for divine protection. They flew Christian and Jesus 2020 flags Mm. and pointed to Trump's presidency as the will of God. The linkage between Christian beliefs and the violent attacks, uh, violent attack on Congress has since pushed evangelical leaders to confront their own relationship with Trump and their support for the rioters. Now, which now, and and this is where they do this two play thing here where you have to, as you're reading, you have to say, now, hold up. I agree with that. Not that because they put it all in one sentence. Right. And they, and, and there's a, there's an element of truth and then there's not, then there's a lie. Right. And then an element of truth. And then that's wicked. It's it's just like like wicker furniture and woven and it's <laughs> wicked. It's a little bit of truth kind of woven in with the lie and a little bit, of, you know, just woven all together. And so what you've got to do is you've got to dissect this and you've mm-hmm. got to say, no, that I reject. That's not true. But that that is true. They're right, right about that. Right. And look, and, and let me <laughs> let me tell you what I'm here for. What you here for? Let me. T- OK. All right. All what right. What are you here for? I am here mm-hmm. to defend the truth of the word of God. Well, Amen. 
Now, because, because here is the thing. When you have a conversation like this and you say, this is what God calls us to do. We go back to the word of God as our straight edge. You are not going to see anywhere in scripture where God calls Christians to storm a Capitol building and to break in and to threaten people's lives. Come on. You cannot, you cannot biblically justify that. Now look, look, defending and caring for your family, somebody breaching your personal perimeter, Mm -hmm. of course. But to be putting Jesus and Trump on the same plane, come on, man. And look, for these people who will write stuff like this, it's an opportune time for them. That's exactly right. To make a connection between Christianity, evangelicals, and people who may have like prayed or said something about God who may not even <laughs> be Christian or, and are not doing Christian things. That's right. And, they may and be put it all in one pot. Yeah, put it all they in. They may be conservative, but they may not necessarily be Christian. Exactly. But they're not going to make that I'm distinction. They, they're not going to make like, that distinction. Put them all in one pot and this is who they are and get them. And now listen, and I want some, I want, man, and this is, I'm, I'm, let me take some time here because I just have a certain level of don't careness. All right. Here, let me tell you something. I am a Christian. I have been purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ. I am also civically engaged. I voted for President Trump twice because I saw him as the best candidate for this country. I will tell that to anybody on any day, on any aisle, at any store. Mm Mm-hmm. And will shock some people that ask me, okay? Because (laughs) of the color of my skin, they expect something quite different. Right. But that does not mean that I was ever in any camp where I believed that President Trump was a type of Christ. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? A savior. Now, I do believe that there was a mercy of God Mm -hmm. reflected in the election of President Trump. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, it's evidenced by what he did while he was in office to to slow the swirling around of this country at the bottom of the toilet. Right. He did that. But I'm going to tell you something. When there is a point, when you get to a point where because of God's mercy, we begin to worship what he has given Come on. Instead of him, God is right and he is just that he would hold that back. Now, there is no, I don't know any Christians who are saying, yes, um, this was God's will that we should be insurrectionists, that we should that, that we should carry this out. But that's not what liberal onlookers are going to say. They're not going to make a distinction like they would make for themselves. Oh, right. No. Like, I, I want you to think <laughs> about this because and I hate I hate to make this. I hate to make this equivalent. I really do. But please bear with me. And I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to draw a parallel here for you. That is probably a poor one, but I think that it will help you to understand the point that I am making. OK. Just as they would not have said um, that the witches are, you know, 
speaking on behalf of Hillary Clinton or that they represent Hillary Clinton, they would have seen those people operating as individual agents. They wouldn't have gone after textbooks to say, well, you know, we can't talk about humanism and can't talk about uh, the Wiccan religion or anything like that. You know, we got to pull all of that out because look at how these people have embarrassed themselves by holding these seances and hexes mm-hmm. and, and all of these. You understand what I'm saying? They would mm-hmm. not have put all of those things into one pot and said, this is an embarrassment. Let's right. take this all out. Right. But unfortunately, with the Christians, they're not that generous with oh, you. No. You understand? They, this don't, is an opportunity they don't give you for them. this is an opportunity. Yeah. They don't give you the benefit of like, wait a minute, that does not represent every Christian. Not every Christian believes that there should be insurrection. Not every Christian believes that we should storm the Capitol. We do believe that we can peaceably assemble. Mm -hmm. We do believe that we can protest, that we can march. We have that right just as well as anybody else. But they're not going to they're not going to they're not going to give you the benefit that they gave people while they reported as buildings behind them burned down. Come on. You understand that? Mm-hmm. They're not they're not going to talk about uh yeah yeah mostly peaceful protests. Um I'm sorry, I'm just going to move down here. There's a, um the flames are hot. Mm-hmm. Nope. They're not going to do that for you. It's going to be everybody, every Christian everywhere believes that this is what should happen in this country. But you remember we had a whole summer Mm-hmm. And, and and part of a spring where you've got people who are tearing down entire communities mm-hmm. that that the news media is doing its best to yeah. make sure that you that that's not everybody that's here. Right, The media and all those people saying, oh, riots are the uh, for the unheard. These are the, and, the language of the unheard trying to quote Dr. King and all kind of stuff. And to- those were those <laughs> were the ones who were struggling with their integrity to even use the word riot. They were struggling with their integrity. Integrity. Most people Wouldn't were talking about that. mostly right. peaceful protests. Yep. That's what that's all you heard. You're right. Mostly peaceful protests, but not the Christians. <laughs> For the Christians, it was not a mostly peaceful protest. Right? It was it was all of the evangelicals. Look at what they're doing. Look at how mm-hmm. and so let me tell you why now you have you to have something it. like that because you <laughs> you because you're erase you want to erase Christians from the culture. Exactly. Silence so we Christian. need a collectively agreed upon reason to eradicate them. We, we need to get rid of them. These people are dangerous. Domestic we need to terrorists. S- domestic terrorists. We need to stop the dissemination of their information. We need to, we need to um, curtail what their kids are being taught. PBS, formal, uh, former lawyer, and take the mm-hmm. kids away and re-educate them if we can. But if we can't do that, we got to stop this growing. It's a cancer in our midst. And the cancer we've identified as Christians. And look, if you take a closer look in their own private schools, they're teaching their kids this foolishness. Guys, this look, we are here. We've often wondered what it would look like. How in the world could we go from favored, you know, to being persecuted in America? Like we, you know, man, we we are we are apart. We Christians with all of our moral uprightness and the character that makes us desirable for hiring and all of these things. And, you know, you want to do business with the Christian because they're bound by principles that go back before you and before them. How are we going to fall out of favor? Well, welcome. Here it is. This is how we fall out of favor. It's a contrived message. It's a twisted message. And because sometimes Christians don't step up and say, hold up a second. Like, look, I am a Christian. That first and foremost is my identity. But yes, I voted for Trump twice. 
I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to tell you that. That doesn't make me an insurrectionist. You know, where are the Christians who are going to say you're crazy? <laughs> you're wild. Instead, now what you've got some Christians doing who are, they're kind of like, oh, I don't want to really talk about the whole Trump thing. Mm. All right. We got to grab the break. Aaron the Addison's <laughs> American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Jesus, you are my desire. Search my heart, oh Lord, for all things unclean. He's my Lord, I surrender. Man, it wasn't very long ago, if you remember, it wasn't very long ago that the media did this thing where they went from um, looking at people who were nationalists, who were for their nation, right? Who say, man, we're for the preservation of our country. We believe it's good that we put America first. We secure our masks and we can secure the masks of the nations around us, that it's, it's good for us to put our people here back to work. It wasn't very long ago that the media took that and then put white in front of it. Mm-hmm. And so then everyone who was for this country was a white nationalist. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And so now what they've done is they've just kind of taken out white and put Christian in front hmm. of it. I'm going to tell you what needs Dang. to happen. And, and excuse me speaking like this, because, listen, I, I understand our nation's history. But I'm going to tell you, Christians who are black in this country better speak up loudly and tell the truth of what, about what the Bible says. You better stand up. You think you think this is one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, they're just looking at white people. No, and maybe those white people need to come face to face with their biases. Like, you know, they need to be. I am telling you right now. I am telling you right now that this is not something that is limited to the color of a person's skin. So I'm speaking very boldly and very directly to Christians. And what I'm saying is that you better tell the truth about what the word of God says. This is not about politics. This is not about politics. This is about the persecution that is on the church right now. It is upon the church right now. And how does it increase? It increases. It increases because Christians are silent because they will not tell the truth. Because in some instances, there is this thought that there is a certain safety for right now. Mm. I'm kind of like, they're not really looking at me. You will be pressed. You will be pressed. Look, I, I'm not moving fast enough through this through this article, and, and I mm-hmm. regret that. But I will open the phone lines because I do want to talk to our audience. Let me just let me read a couple things here, a couple things more, and then um, we'll get some calls queued up. Um, back to this HuffPost article about the observation of Christian school textbooks. All right. Namely, Abeka and BJU. Um, pick up here is an odd place, but just follow with me. However, sentence begins. So, you know, there's something that went before that, but I'm starting here in the interest of time. However, scholars who study religion in America say that many of the ideas present in the publisher's textbooks overlap with rhetoric heard from the rioters last week. Christian nationalists <laughs> argue that the United States was founded as a Christian nation and has a special covenant with God, meaning that its citizens must implement a particular vision for this country or they will fall out of favor with God. 
<laughs> the textbooks parrot these ideas, said Andrew Whitehead, associate professor of sociology and director of the Association of Religion Data Archives at Indiana University. Quote, as we see in these textbooks, they're afraid of outside forces or the U.S. won't be what it should be, said Whitehead. There's always a particular prescription. They have to be on God's good side. I think that's a big part of it. You see, and, it, it, and it's amazing because it does two things, right? <laughs> it, it one reveals this religion studies person, whoever he is, data archives. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Okay, his ignorance of the word of God. But then at the same time, makes Christians who believe that the Bible is true to look like crazies. Right. Blessed is right. the nation whose God is the Lord. And, and then when you have someone who says something like this, you're like, oh, but um, <clears throat> does that make me one of them if I say that? Man, does that make me one the of word. them? Come on. Man, right. Come is, on, a, is a nation blessed because God wills it? Or is it just is, is it is it just sort of that nation's own independent operation? This is what these humanists want. This is they, there is no space. There is no room for God in this country at all. Right. Whether that's reflected in its citizens, Christian conviction. Whether that's in the textbook textbooks that their kids are reading. It's all of this. We've all, we're all just here because randomness. <laughs> So for a Christian to step up and say, um, yeah, if, you know, if you displease the Lord, it's his good pleasure to do whatever he decides to do with a nation. I mean, it was once said that the sun never set on Rome. Mm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, come on, people. And so if you can get the Christians backed into a corner if you can if you can turn them into um you know pre pentecost peter <laughs> come on you know what i'm you know pre mm-hmm. pre pre pentecost peter right what was pre you know i don't know him yeah <laughs> come on man that's that's how they want us all to behave i'm sorry mm-hmm. i'm just not cut like that and i praise god man. i'm not cut like that i know him amen i know him <laughs> and he has redeemed my life with himself I know him. He purchased me with his, with his own blood. He purchased me. And so it's going to take a lot more articles, you know, than to to get me like, you know, (laughs) shaking in my flip flops. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I mean, come on. It's the Lord's prerogative to do with a nation what he determines to do with the nation. And it's been to your benefit. Even the people who hate God in this country, it's been to your benefit that there have been Christians in it praying. Come on. That there have been Christians living moral and upright lives saying, you know, we're going to keep our family intact. It's good for our family. It's good for a nation. It's good for a society. It's amazing. And so many of these people who have the rights that they have in this country don't understand that those rights are secured and protected by the people who fear God. (laughs) But that's the arrogance. That's That's the time that we're in right now. Yeah. All right. I'll give the number. All right. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. There's so much more. Uh, we'll continue with this tomorrow. There's so much more in this article. And I will move faster because they actually. Oh, all right. There's so much more.
we'll get to it tomorrow. Will the Great, let's just, I, I want to talk to our brothers and sisters. Where do we go first? All right, let's go to David in uh, Alabama. Hi, David. I'm sorry, Cheryl in Arkansas. Hi, Cheryl. Hello. I just want to first, first of all say thank you guys for your fire. I'm really starting to understand how God, or the reason why God expressed his disdain for those who are, are lukewarm or who are, he would rather be cold. Because I am facing the struggle of, I have so much I want to talk about. There's so much going on that I see him in, and I see what's coming down the pike. And I can't even have a conversation with my pastor because he's so concerned with other things that are going on. And I'm like, is nobody in my church on fire for Christ? Why does nobody want to talk about what's happening? Like, we are witnessing the last hour, not the last days. And it's like, nobody wants to talk about it. And they look at you like you're crazy, like you're you're some kind of uh, radical. And I'm like, I'm not being radical. I'm looking at the scripture coming alive before our very eyes. And it's like mm. everybody's blind to it. Wow. So to listen to you guys talk passionately, I just want you to know that you are a lifesaver, a godsend for people like me, because I don't have anybody to talk to you. And whenever I try to speak to people, I have my husband. Grant, mm-hmm. I have my husband, and I'm so thankful for that gift. But like I crave to be around other believers who are on fire for Christ, and I just can't seem to find them. And when I think I do, they get turned off by my passion. And I'm like, I just, I feel like, I know it's Man. not true because the Bible, I'm not the first one to feel that way, but you do get, you feel like you're alone because we're supposed to have this unity of the Spirit in Christ. Yeah. And it's like, you Amen. can't find anybody, you reach out to them, and they turn from you because they're holding on to what's going on in the world or they don't want to think about it because they think they're protected. We're not going to be protected. Right. We're told that we're going to be martyrs and our time is coming. We're here for a purpose. And Cheryl, let me just jump in. I want to say something to you um, because it is so important what you said. And, and actually, even in, as you continued on, you kind of made that point. The reason it's so difficult to talk to people who passionately believe and are willing to confront where we are right now is because they love this world too much. Mm. They love this world too much. And so when you have a conversation like this, it almost seems to the hearer that you are threatening their way of life. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, don't tell me anything like that because now you're, you're making me upset because you're making me uncomfortable because you're coming for my way of life. This is why the apostle John said, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone is loving the world and the love of the father is not in him. And why do we have to have that warning? If it's not because we have the propensity to love this world and can't, we're like children. We can't imagine those things that we've never experienced. And it's something that like, maybe when you're like 21 or 25 or 26 or 30 or 40, you'll say, Oh, I wow. Okay. Yeah. I understand what it is to, you know, have bills, Hmm. right? But you try explaining that to a kid and they can't conceptualize it because their world is all they know. And so we've got an entire book that teaches us that, that provokes us or dares us to think otherworldly, that this place is not our home. And why do we have to constantly be reminded of that? Because we're constantly trying to make this place home. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. We're supposed, we're supposed to be the ones who are, you know, um, figuratively speaking, living out of our suitcases. But too many people want to want to put their clothes, unpack their clothes and put them in those dirty drawers in in the (laughs) hotels and everything. Live out of your suitcase. This is not your home. All right. Well, the great. Where do we go next? 
All right, let's go to David in Alabama. Hi, David. Hey, good evening. How y'all doing today? Thanks for putting me on. Hey, hello. Hey, I love what you just told Cheryl. You're so right. They, they love the world too much, but also they don't want to talk to you because they're scared of death. Mm. They're scared of death. Mm. They don't know their Christ the way they should. If they knew Christ, then they would know the book of Psalms that I can't wait to awake and be in your likeness. Amen. And I, I just wanted to comment what you said earlier about the church being silent. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It reminds me of the quote Bonhoeffer said, that if, uh, if the church stands silent and sees evil and stands silent, then that is evil. Mm. Mm. Yes. Man, that's... Thank you so Thank much, you, David. David. I appreciate you calling in. Man, two great points. Yeah. Two excellent points that you made. Thank you so much for that. Will the Great, where do we go next? Let's go to Joe in Texas. Hi, Joe. Hey, guys. You guys are doing great. I've been listening to you all, and I get, you know, I get fed by, by Nikki and, and you, uh, Will, too. But my comment is that uh, I'm Hispanic from South Texas, mm-hmm. and I've been listening to preaching for 30 years, and nobody does apologetics or anything. They don't teach the culture or the, or the preaching from the culture, culture attack from the Word of God, and mm-hmm. that's what upsets me. And I've been trying to work with Hispanics and, uh, and, and Anglo churches, too, in South Texas, but nobody wants to do that. And that's just my comment, and I'm, I hear you guys every day because I work out in the, on, on driving every, every day, mm. and you guys are doing an awesome job, and thank you for giving us a word. I appreciate that. Thank you, God bless Joe. you, Joe. Please keep doing what you're doing. Yes. Thank you so much for what it is that you're doing, and, and man, I appreciate it. And, and I, you know, it's, it's good for me to hear from Joe because um, too often our country— f- forces us into um, so, sort of like these poles where we're just, you know, it's black or white, almost mm-hmm. in a literal type sense. And it's not, we have to understand that we are members of the body of Christ and that it is made up of all different ethnicities, tribes Amen. and tongues and peoples. And and that is a blessing. That is the wisdom of God. In fact, that's the manifold wisdom of God revealed in the church. Amen. Amen. And I can't go into that right now because we got more callers. Will the great, but Joe, thank you so much for your call. Where do we go next? All right, let's go to Kathy in North Carolina. Hi, Kathy. Hey, I appreciate you taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like to comment. Uh, white nationalism was started in Germany, so they have already looked at the church and decided that uh, um, to de- dehumanize us to begin with. And then second, I, I just don't understand why there's not many, many more churches talking about the hour that we lived in mm. or that we're living through right now mm-hmm. and uh, what's going to come upon us. And something mm-hmm. else about Germany, and I'll make this really fast, that the Weimar capital got overrun by the Nazis, and then they turned it around and they blamed it on uh, the communists. And that's the way I kind of look at what happened at the uh, at our capital just mm. lately. So mm. what do y'all think about that? No, thank you so thank much, you, Kathy. Kathy. I want to comment on your first comment about the church. You know, why isn't the church preaching about where we are right now? Because um, that's not lucrative. That's not lucrative. We have turned, and, and this is not everywhere at all. This is not everywhere at all. And so for every pastor who um, respects his call, This is not you. But we have designed churches in America that poll what people want to hear. Mm. 
And so we don't have preachers of righteousness anymore. We have these um, positive speakers, this, these, these uh, motivational speakers, you know, in um, ripped, worn jeans and the tattoo in just the right place. <laughs> Yeah. And the hair and just the right, you know, you understand, this is what we have replaced the men of God preaching the word of God with because that's what sells and that can make it into People magazine. You mm-hmm. understand? So people don't want to hear the truth that is packed in the scriptures. They just want to dance around it. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.